0: Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG, and Jefferson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's podcast, we will discuss the positive British manufacturing news from the last seven days and welcome a special guest, who is Sarah Blacksmith, the Head of Factory Operations at Siemens. Stuart, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing?
2: Yeah, very good, Joe. Uh, Some fascinating stories this week and a great guest, so looking forward to it.
1: Indeed. The first one, the Royal Mint, set to open a new facility. Nice story, this one.
2: Certainly is. They've announced plans to build a world-first plant in South Wales to recover gold from UK electronic waste. The Royal Mint is using patented new chemistry created by Canadian firm Exa to recover gold within circuit boards of laptops and mobile phones. Unique chemistry is capable of recovering over 99% of the precious metals contained within electronic waste, selectively targeting the metal in seconds. Construction of the plant begins this month, and when fully operational in 2023, up to 90 tonnes of UK soil circuit boards will be processed each week, generating hundreds of, hundreds of kilograms of gold per year.
1: And we know we, uh, we know we need this, don't we, with all, all the technology, all the, all, all the things that appear, keep appearing in our houses, the Alexas and obviously all the iPads and things. So this is, uh, this is exciting.
2: Certainly is. Uh, looking forward to, to following that story.
1: Yeah. And the next one, Alstom have launched a major recruitment drive.
2: Yeah, the train builder and on-site supply in Lutherson are ramping up production and creating 200 new jobs in Derby. Opportunities are available for mechanical and electrical fitters as the firms increase their respective workforces to fulfil a very healthy rolling stock order book. And as we covered it, um, in last December, Alstom and joint venture partner um, Hitachi were awarded a two billion pound contract to design and build HS2's new fleet of high, high-speed trains in Britain. So, good news for these Midlands. Absolutely.
1: Uh, the new one, good news from the, the for the UK steel industry. We, there's often a, a negative narrative towards uh, steel makers here in the UK, isn't there? But, fine, you know, some good news.
2: Yeah, yeah, and this story went under the radar a little bit. The US agree, has agreed to ease tariffs on UK steel and aluminium shipments, uh, resolving an issue that has strained relations between the Allies. Mm-hmm. The new follows earlier deals with the European Union and Japan over the controversial taxes which were imposed by former President Donald Trump in 2018, in the name of national security. In exchange, the UK will suspend extra taxes it put on US products such as Bourbon and Levi's jeans. Under this new agreement, the US will replace the 25% tariff on steel with a quota system. The policy will let UK metal imports into the country duty free up to a certain level before taxes kick in. And this deal will go into effect on June the 1st.
1: Could be massive, couldn't it? Absolutely, could be massive. the SMMT, the Publishing New Report, what, what, what's in this one?
2: Yeah, this is new analysis from the automotive trade body, um, revealing that manufacturers have invested almost £11 billion in electric vehicle and battery research, development and production across the UK since 2011. Investments include Lotus, Arrival, British Volt, Polestar, C, Aston Martin, the list goes on. More than 150 models of plug-in cars and, ba- and vans are now on sale in the UK while British factories have produced a quarter of a million electric cars vans buses and trucks in the last decade so lots of investment lots gone on um and I'm sure we'll be covering you know more investment stories in in the electric vehicle market uh in the next few months as well
1: yeah, we all know what's happening in that space, don't we? So no doubt there's going to be more to report shortly. Stuart, we'll take a brief pause from this week's Positive UK Manufacturing News and introduce this week's guest, who is no other than Sarah Blacksmith, the Head of Operations at Siemens. Sarah, thanks for joining us.
0: No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you both.
1: Good stuff. Well, to start with, let's learn a little bit about you if we can, Sarah. What, what, you know, what, what's your career to date and your current role and responsibilities at Siemens?
0: Yeah, so I've I've been with Siemens for 20 years this year, actually, coming up for my anniversary in in June time. Um, Ten of those years I spent in Lincoln, which is where the Siemens energy business is, um, in a variety of of manufacturing production roles um, and also business improvement positions. Uh, And then I moved over to uh, Digital Industries, uh, where we've got a factory in Congleton, where we manufacture variable speed drives, so electronics manufacturing as opposed to gas turbines. So it was a bit of a change, um, and I was responsible when I still first started there for production, uh, you know, looking after the production lines, and then um, moved on to having responsibility for the engineering teams, the maintenance, and the business improvement as well as the production. So. I'm a manufacturing person through and through, (laughs) Um, and my current title is is Head of Factory Operations. So again, yeah, looking after that, the the whole factory in Congleton.
1: Yeah, a bit of a difference going from quite large components to small components, presumably.
0: Yeah, definitely. Different volumes as well. I think at that time, you know, we were doing like 60 engines, new engines a year, and then moving to uh, Congleton where we, you know, we're building... 2,700 uh, units a day <laughs> so a bit, bit of a change so but it was good but similar principles apply in all manufacturing facilities um I guess safety quality cost delivery and people so yes there's the similar threads that you can um you can still move over
1: absolutely and, and now if we can have a, an overview of Siemens if you concentrate on the UK and specifically Congleton I suppose
0: yeah okay I mean There's a lot um, of of parts to Siemens, um, but I guess uh, there's digital industries, which is a division that I'm in. So I'll go into Congleton in a moment. Um, The smart infrastructure. So, you know, the buildings side of it. Um, the Siemens Mobility, obviously with the trains. You, I think you guys have spoken in the past about the new Ghoul facility. Um, that's a great story for, for UK manufacturing. Um, and then there's a consulting side, so Siemens Advanta, and then there's health and ears as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of digital industries in the UK, so and manufacturing, uh, we've got our Congleton site where we manufacture variable speed drives. Um, it's actually the the oldest. Um, Siemens manufacturing site that's always been part of Siemens. So we were established in 1971. Originally, it was like a a switchboard manufacturer. Um, And so, yeah, it was 50 year anniversary last year, which we didn't manage to get to celebrate for obvious reasons. Um, So we're going to be having our celebration party later this year. So um, which is, you know, fantastic. And we're really going from strength to strength in in Congleton. Uh, We've had two new sort of portfolio products in the last sort of four years um, and highly configured so moving from more of a moving from make to stock to being very much make to order so looking at exactly what our customers are after uh, and we've had to adapt to that and adapt to our processes our manufacturing execution system and really go on this journey of digitalization and, and automation in the last sort of four to five years so it's all it's all go it's always busy which is great.
2: Absolutely morning Sarah, it's Stuart. Thanks for joining hi-ya. us. And, um, hiya. And hi yeah. Uh, um happy birthday, happy anniversary to, yeah. to you and happy birthday <laughs> to Siemens St. Congleton to celebrate. Um we talking about celebrations, we recently celebrated International Women's Day. Um yes. what do you think we can do to continue to encourage more females into manufacturing and engineering?
0: yeah so um yeah it hasn't and i actually think and i know we've talked about this before sure it's it's good to celebrate this and talk about this all the time so you know great question um i think it's uh it's on all of us to uh, get involved and and promote female uh engineering role models so um for example, one that I, you know, would like to promote right now, Ashley Lawton. So um, she's our first engineering team leader that just started in position um, a month ago in Congleton, um, and she started as an apprentice, a degree apprentice, uh, in in the factory, and has worked her way up to this position, which is fantastic. Um, and we've got a, a number about three or four other um, manufacturing engineers that are females, um, and I think part of that then is. you you know, having those role models that inspire, you know, the the school kids in our local area. So trying to change those perceptions of what engineering and what manufacturing are. Um, So we're trying to, you know, we do a lot of work with local schools in our area. Um, Things like the roller coaster challenge uh, that Siemens runs. There's a robotics challenge as well. And we do things particularly around, you know, women in science and engineering day, which is generally in in June time. Um, So I think all of that is fantastic it's in terms of changing the perception of manufacturing for males and females I guess as well um, I think it's great to give apprentices the grounding in manufacturing when they come into any manufacturing business or engineering business so you know all of our engineers do a stint in manufacturing working part of that team working as part of that team to understand our products and and how our processes work and sort of build their experience and, and their confidence um, and, and realizing that it's something that they can do and that, it, you know, there's great people there um, and there's great processes and technology that they can get involved in. Um, I, I think as well, it's like it's, it's supporting each other, but supporting and amplifying voices of, you know, a, a great example on, on LinkedIn is Angela Lawler, who set up the UK manufacturing women's group um Philippa glover from cNC robotics is doing an absolutely amazing job of sharing all of the great stories and encouraging you know people to get into engineering and manufacturing roles um so yeah i think there they are some of the things that that we can do and and keep you know promoting um Promoting engineering and manufacturing to both males and females, but but particularly you know trying to get more females in, involved and highlight some of the great places that there are in the UK that they could work at and great technologies um, that everybody is is starting to onboard in in different companies. So yeah, uh, and and things like this is, is that's a great opportunity for us to discuss that and and highlight and hopefully people listening then you know start to think oh actually yeah I could I could work in that area so. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and uh, certainly echo what you said about Angela and Philippa doing doing a fantastic job, and congratulations, well done to Ashley and um, your other um, female. Uh, yes, yeah, brilliant. And um, talking about Siemens in Congleton, um, obviously you've been through an awful lot of change in in recent years. Can you just please talk us through what you have done and what you are doing to become carbon neutral?
0: Yeah, so um Siemens has got a target globally um that, that, for to have to be carbon neutral by twenty thirty. Um and we're actually on track um for that in Congleton to do that this year. Um so we've we've had an energy efficiency programme that's been running for quite a number of years now and that's focused on a few key areas. So <clears throat> first one would be energy efficiency within the factory. So Anytime that we're onboarding new equipment, you know, we're always looking at, right, what opportunities we've got to to buy equipment that's going to reduce our energy usage. So, for example, we coat all of our PCBs um, and we've recently, well, recently, a couple of years ago, um, bought UV ovens, which are 36%, like they use 36% less energy than the older ones. Um, They've also got a smaller footprint whenever we're onboarding new technology, for example, in our surface mount lines, uh, where we place the very small components, we're looking at, right, is there any opportunity to reduce the number of lines? So, uh, you know, by using the technology and the advancements in terms of the optimization of placements, you know, do we then potentially not need an extra line that we then we then can reduce our energy usage for, through that way? And then there's the simple things as well. So part of this program was, um, we have audits of like looking, you know, checking for air leaks. And actually, this program was realized, well, if we fix the air leaks at the same time that we find them, you know, we're going to have a saving through that as well. And we're going to reduce, you know, uh, you know, the, that problem straight away. So, you know, that's something you'd be like, oh, isn't that obvious, but we, were, <laughs> we weren't doing that at the time. Um LED lighting, we, you know, we've introduced LED lighting throughout the factory. Um We've now well, they were about two years delayed because of COVID, but we've got our EV chargers in place, which is great. Um, particularly as I now have a hybrid, so I was really keen to get plugged in. <laughs> um, and yeah, what else? Have we got? In terms of, we've we've also um, installed a gas turbine. Um, which uses biogas, uh, and so that sort of gives us a backup in terms of any supply issues that we have, but it's also obviously green energy that we're using, um, and that we've paid for through the savings. Obviously, uh, you know, at the moment, that's a really hot topic in terms of, um, you know, the, the cost of, of energy. So that has massively helped us getting that onboarded. Um yeah, we've and we've also got part of a, a hydro weir project, which is a community project in Congleton, um, whereby they're using um they're taking the water. Obviously, uh, we've we've got a weir drop um about a mile up from the Congleton site on the River Dane. Um and they've actually installed a an Archimedes screw. Um and they've connected and that that screws then coupled to an electric generator and a control system and the output of that um we actually have coming to the Siemens site through you know a dedicated cable so um i get that's just another example of you know how we're working we're working with the community in this case to to look at green energy sources um for our factory so i think there's lots of things that the manufacturers can do um and yeah, there's a lot of knowledge out there in terms of you know people that you can go to. I think to see what are the what what are the best practices, you know, where's the expertise to to help guide you in in that journey. So yeah, so that that's some of the things. But the community project's really interesting, and you know, any time that you guys want to come visit Congleton, it, that would be a great thing um, for you to come see as well.
2: No, absolutely. I'd love to. Certainly, a great insight into your um, your carbon neutral and um, another journey you've been on, obviously, digital transformation. Could you please yeah. talk us through that um, that um, project you've, you've been involved with at Siemens in Longington?
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, it probably started now uh, probably about like 2016 time um, and our strategy for 2020 was all about, you know, getting closer to our customers and developing a new portfolio. Um and part of that new portfolio was around this make to order that I mentioned earlier. And and so one of the, the great levers for that strategy was we needed to look at our whole digital processes because we really needed better control right the way through from our raw R&D data, which is stored in Teamcenter, it's a system we use, um, and delivering that right the way through to the shop floor direct, um, which, which wasn't the case you know, for our um, legacy products. So yeah, so that just really started around taking people out of the day to day business you know a small number of people um, to look at the architecture to look at what were we not doing um and it's also it was looking at the digital tools that we weren't using so um you know things like discrete event simulation um three d layouts using the arcades to actually um engage shop floor teams and you know sell sell ideas to our stakeholders so I think it, it was split in terms of looking at it from an architecture point of view, a manufacturing execution system, and data, and then looking at the in, in our case, obviously the Siemens software suite of tools that that would actually help us deliver productivity quicker to the factory and also um, highlight opportunities for productivity as well. So um, I think taking those people out of the day-to-day business, as you guys are probably aware, you know, when you're in operational roles, it's really challenging to put your head above the parapet sometimes and and sort of see what are we not looking at and that really gave us that um step forward i think of of taking those people out and and it was the start of that strategy and having a strategic theme around digital enterprise Uh, and then the, the second you know part of that the other part of that was around um Automation and and robotics, but yeah, in terms of digital enterprise, it was the architect getting the architecture right, understanding you know how do we want that to look like, um, and and yeah, from a productivity point of view, with all of the different softwares, um, how can we get productivity quicker and how can we identify it be- more productivity? Um, because we've been on a great journey of lean, you know, continuous improvement, um, small steps. But actually as that gets more challenging year on year, we we wanted to want to understand what are the more step changes in opportunities for productivity. And these digital tools really sort of helped identify um identify those. But I think the um one of the the main things on on that is something that my boss Andrew Peters always says is don't digitize waste so you know you need to be really clear on what it's a good process that you're working on first that the data is good um so you're not building on something that that isn't actually leaned and uh, because you don't obviously want a load of waste in a process and then to sort of digitize, digitize it so um so yeah that's that's how we approached it and I think um I understand that would probably be challenging Like, or a lot of people listening might think, gosh, how did you do that? And, you know, we're not a massive site. So even though we're part of Siemens, you know, we're about 500 people. So we took two people out of the business day to day, restructured to enable this because we felt it was really important for the future. So I think it's something for people to consider as a different way of looking at it If if you get any opportunity to do that. I
1: like that. Don't digitize waste. It's a very, yes. <laughs> very good point. On a, on a similar uh, vein, I suppose, uh, t- talk to us about the adoption of robotics and automation, if you've done anything differently there at uh, Congleton.
0: Yeah, so one of the first steps that we did um, was in- engaged with, there was a government program at the time called the Advanced Manufacturing Supply Chain Initiative, so AMSCI for short, Um, And that was working alongside the Manufacturing Technology Centre in Coventry uh, and engaging with a lot of our SME suppliers, um, whereby the government would give funds um, and, you know, that then the companies would also put money in around the adoption of innovative new processes. So we were in this case looking at the automation of testing processes in our factory. Um, So that was a a sort of a a first step into understanding how some of these, the government catapults could support um, UK businesses, which is, is, there is massive support there. Um, We've also since engaged with them, we're members of like the MTC, I think and the the AMRC in Sheffield. Um, But that then gave us a first step into, we created our own um, automation team. We called it the Productivity Through Automation or PTA. And that was where we pulled, um, we we onboarded um, two new people um, with more expertise in robotics and automation than we had at the time. And then we also put in a, another three engineers from the different uh, process engineering team, test engineering um, and manufacturing engineering into, into that one group. And their focus was around looking for automation um, opportunities that would deliver productivity. Um, and then part of that, then we created what we called this robo lab. Um, so we had, it was almost like a testing development lab for the PTA team, which then we put on the shop floor. It was in sort of a glassed off area because obviously it still needs to be, you know, locked up and secure because there's a there's a robot in there. We had a UR robot. Um, and then that then was used as part of the town hall. So we brought people in so that it the idea being it's not a secret you know this is the way that we want to be moving to this is where we want to investigate opportunities to, to ensure that we as a factory remain competitive um so so that was a great sort of communication um you know way of keeping things really open um and then the first sort of a project that we had was we engaged a system integrator and we had a phased approach to automating um a relatively simple um, assembly process assembly and testing process um and used the, the some of the digital tools again to sort of model that um in the digital world and then you know we phased approached it um so it's two uh, cooker robots that we've got there um and that then um has enabled us to get more learning so that the PTA team you know can build on that and we've since um, introduced a number of different robots mainly UR, because um, they're, they're smaller and in, in terms of the size that we need <clears throat> they did the job um, of automating parts of processes that we've got in mainly in our assembly areas um, and that has been good you know we've delivered a lot of productivity from those in the last four years um, However, I think something that we've recognized now is it was it was quite pointed solutions. Um, and what we're really looking at now is, you know, looking more end to end and holistically at the processes to say, right, where where can we what's a better way or a different way of doing it uh, in terms of, for example, automating our through whole technology process. Um, so so, yeah, that's the journey that we're on now looking more at holistic processes rather than point solutions. Um, but there is, again, a lot of help out there. Um, the MTC and the AMRC, you know, are great uh, to, to go to for expertise. Um, and they really, you know, can support uh, businesses in the UK uh, a lot. So definitely, uh, definitely one to go to.
1: Yeah, no, good advice. And if you were to give anyone else you know, more advice, what, what would you say to people on who are just starting their digitalization and automation journey, whether a small SME or you know a larger business like Siemens.
0: Um, I think you know back to that point about you know taking some people out of the day-to-day business just to give them time to think how do we want this to look what is the problem that we're trying to solve how will this support our business and help deliver for our customers. Um, I think one of the things that we learn is that is to keep the communication really simple so our strategy for 2020 was quite complicated, uh, and so when we when we're now on this strategy that we're on for 2023, it's a lot simpler. Um, and I think we yeah we were we we, we were learning as we went, um, and it, it was sort of it was quite challenging to figure that out. So, but on reflection, yeah, it's keeping that communication to your teams also really simple. Um, but yeah, giving people time to think and taking them out of the day to day business is is key for me
1: are there any other people out there that can help you on on this sort of journey sarah
0: yeah i mean i think i've i've mentioned a couple there but i i probably want to add as well um companies like made smarter and be the business so you know these are sort of, these are companies that can support smes and and different manufacturers in the uk uh, I'd also say best practice sharing within the manufacturing community. If I take Siemens as an example, Siemens Manchester, you know, has a wealth of experience that can support you on this journey, um, as has Congleton, you know, as a manufacturing site that we can share our learnings. And I know there's lots of other people out there that are willing to to share and, you know, pinch with pride in terms of uh, best practice sharing. So, um those are just a couple of, of examples of, of people that you can go to to help you on that journey
1: great advice Sarah appreciate your time and yet again thank you for joining us on the podcast we, we hope to see you again soon
0: thank you very much for having me it's been fantastic
1: Stuart fascinating guest
2: absolutely um learned so much during that uh interview and um but you know if you you are in a similar position to Sarah, you're running a factory, you've been through a, a turnaround, you've, you've, you've been involved in uh, um, projects such as Sarah has, you know, please get in touch with us. We'd, we'd love for you to to feature on a, a future podcast.
1: Yeah. And if you do want to be on the podcast, find us on social media. We're not difficult to find or email podcast at mtdmfg.com. Right. Moving swiftly on with the news. Uh, Vestas is ramping up production in their UK facilities.
2: Yeah, the, Danish owned firm is set to start manufacturing longer 85 metre turbine blades for a European windshore offshore wind project in the UK. Um, the new production line at its Isle of Wight factory is expected to create dozens of jobs. The plant currently produces V164 blades um, and they've delivered over 1,000 blades to North European markets, including more than £360 million worth of exports since 2014. Vestas has tested and manufactured wind turbine blades at the site for 20 years, producing over 10,000 blades and currently employs more than 650 people. So an absolute success story.
1: BP, the sector invests one billion in electric vehicle charge in the UK. Uh, this, this is obviously much needed and, and I'm not surprised.
2: Absolutely. So this is BP Pulse, which is BP's EV charging business intends to make the investment over the next 10 years, helping to meet the UK's fast-growing demand for EV charging and support the country's transition to low-carbon transportation for both consumers and fleet vehicles. The company expects a huge investment to create hundreds of new jobs in the UK. And this is all part of the government's electric vehicle infrastructure strategy to support the UK market to reach 300,000 public electric charge points by 2030, which is equivalent to almost five times the number of fuel pumps on our roads today. So um, very good news from BP and um, good good luck to them and others um, investing in that infrastructure.
1: Yeah and there's a, a new factory under construction in Kent this time.
2: Yeah this is Irish-owned Just Pharmaceuticals. They started building a new £75 million factory at Kent Science Park in Sittingbourne. Due to opening in 2024 the facility is designed to support the Companies to approve cannabis based medicines and support future capacity for new medicines and development. The huge investment is expected to create more than 100 jobs.
1: Yeah, and do you know what? Before the BP, I didn't think we were going to cover an electric story this week, but now we've got a second one. There's a, maybe another new gigafactory could be built right here in the UK.
2: Yes, um, Jaguar Land Rover, Britain's, Britain's biggest car maker, is reportedly in advanced talks with Envision AES. AESC to supply batteries for its Range Rover and Land Rover electric models. The potential partnership is likely to lead to the construction of a new Gigafactory in the UK, which is JLR's preferred location. And as you know, Envision AE- AESC is currently building a new £450 million battery manufacturing plant in Sunderland to supply Nissan. So again, I'm sure we'll be coming back to this story um, as we get more details.
1: Indeed, indeed. Uh, And the last one this week, uh, Factory Now member Benari. It's a nice story, this, building ambulances to aid the Ukraine.
2: Yeah, without doubt. This is my favourite story of the week. So British Emergency Vehicle Manufacturer Benari started building military-grade ambulances on a not-for-profit basis, which will be imminently deployed to Ukraine to support medics working on the front line. Ukraine is currently losing ambulances at an incredibly Increasingly rapid rate of around 10 per day. The Ukrainian embassy in London contacted Venari's CEO, Oliver North, who's obviously been on the podcast a couple of times, um, just last week. And then overnight, Venari's production facilities in Gould and Brick house were commandeered for the Ukrainian effort. So, fantastic story and uh, congratulations to Venari and Oliver.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised reading that. Oliver's a top guy, obviously, with his background as well. That doesn't surprise me at all. So well done to Oliver and his team at Finari. But that brings the end to this week's uh, news, I'm afraid, Stuart. We've run out of time, as we always seem to do. Um, For more news, go to mtdmfg.com. We don't have time to cover all in the podcast. Um, So yeah, if you want to join us, email podcast at mtdmfg.com. Stuart, thank you for coming on. A big thank you to Sarah Blacksmith of Siemens at uh, today's guest. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you at home for listening. And we'll see you next week.
0: Using at MTD MFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.